welcome to Print It and Ship It, episode 106, the podcast that talks games and making games. I'm Chris from Madison, Wisconsin. Of course, we have Adam from the Twin Cities. Adam, how's it going, man? What's going on? Oh, doing great here, Chris. How are you doing? Oh, living the dream. Living the dream. It's been a busy weekend for me. I've been out and about and catching up with friends and finally back in the States, so it's great. Nice. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, we, we actually didn't even talk about your hiatus. That's right. We'll have to... Um, talk about what games i mean like maybe um i mean so adam took an awesome trip to europe yeah i was there for a month at some point we should probably talk about like um game stores and gaming in europe because i know you kind of looked out look for stuff while you're out there i think we should do an episode about that in the future that'd be interesting I mean, it's yeah. a different culture for sure but uh chris what have you been playing oh man um i haven't played a ton getting a ton to the table since we last talked but um last night we had a game night with some friends and we got a good old staple to the table. I mean, um, one being down for us, but I already talked about that in the past. And then the second game that we played was champions of Midgard, which is an amazing game. Um, if people aren't familiar, I mean, this is a pretty popular game, but if you're not familiar, it is a worker placement game. Um, like a, Oh man, I always forget the Lord's of water deep one. Yeah. Lords of Waterdeep, yeah. So it's like a Lords of Waterdeep, but it adds dice, which is, um, I'm, I'm, I like dice in games. I think that's just a really fun moment in gaming. Like, oh my god, am I gonna get it? And anytime you get a reroll or a chance, a second chance, or um, last night we had a person who just rolled blanks, like what felt like all the time. And then when push came to shove, they, they had a really great roll. But um, it's just a really great game. We played with one of the expansions, so we could add the fifth player. Um, it was funny because it took us a little while to like look through everything and I've never played with the expansion. So we're sitting at the table like going, Oh my God, what do we add? What do we not add? But um, overall it's, it's probably one of my favorite games and it plays pretty quickly because it's worker placement. So everyone just kind of does their thing really quickly, but then it has that phase after where you're, um, you're a bunch of Vikings. And of course you're trying to go out and slay monsters and gain honor. So you're going out and trying to um, fight these monsters oh, cool. with the dice you've earned during the worker placement phase. So um, every time you're rolling, you're um, having this moment of like, oh, I should be able to kill this monster and I can score points. Or you can be a little risky and be like, oh, I need to roll whatever four hits to kill this monster. I'm only going to bring four dice with me and hopefully it gets it done. Things like that. Jeez. Now, do you lose the dice if you don't, if you're not successful? Yeah, so of course, um, Vikings um, are all about Valhalla and dying and sure. <laughs> um, get, dying with honor. So that's one of the cool things about the game is that like you're getting a lot of dice, but you're losing a lot of dice, and they kind of just like come in and out of your um, play area. Um, but it's just it's just one of those games where um, I feel like anyone can play it because like once you get going, you're like, Oh, I see what I have to do here. You just kind of jump into it. And then at the, at the end of the game, there's just like enough different ways to score where you kind of feel like, um, you can win from a bunch of different angles. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's but a yeah. popular game in my, uh, circle too. Uh, and you know, I, I played it once now. Um, but I, and, I, and I'd like to play it more because it did, it, it, it was fresh, you know, it had a little bit, it had a lot of that, mm-hmm uh all, all the good things from water deep and they added you know kind of some fresh twists on on that as well yeah it's really funny because i really enjoyed water deep and now i don't know sure. if i could go back it's to a it. killer yeah it's kind of funny 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like some games do that, right? But I can see how some people wouldn't like the dice compared to like a water deep where you just kind of like you're in full control, right? Like the actions you make um, affect you. But like this, it's like, yes, you can make really good actions, but you could also just have really crappy die. But I think they that's took gaming. the theme to another level. Too. Um, you're you're rolling dice, fighting yes. monsters. And I think people really um, that resonates when it comes to theme and, and just tying it back to other genres of games as well. So kind of it's I'd almost classify it as like a mm-hmm. worker placement hybrid a little bit. I mean, it's not super euro. It's yep. it's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of luck in there as well. Yeah, I think um, they kind of landed on the Viking thing right at the right time. Yeah, totally. I know there was a lot like that was a very popular theme around that, like Blood Rage and everything. But they, I, f- I think they kind of hit it at the right time too. So, cool man. Um, what else? I, that's actually, I think we should probably talk about someday in the future as well, like timing on themes. But um, other than that, I've been um, playing a digital game. Of course, I play a lot of those. Um, but this one's a VR game called Beat Saber. Um, I know this has a little barrier to entry for a lot of people because not a lot of people have virtual reality, but I just want to say if you do have a headset out there, I highly recommend playing Beat Saber. It's a game where you are holding two lightsabers. So, of course, I mean, laser swords. Yeah, sure, laser so, swords. Wow, yeah, we know yeah, exactly. something about swords. Yeah, exactly. A-O. Um, but it's a game where it, it's a music rhythm game where you are in a virtual reality thing holding two lightsabers and... Um, blocks come at you with arrows on them and you have to swipe through them in that direction. Oh, cool. So you just like, like um, a blue thing comes in and it has an arrow pointing to the right. So you have to swipe through left to right. So it's a very simple um, game, but like it's music based. So you just download songs and um, jam out and quote unquote dance while you're playing it. But Guitar Hero really, for Jedi's, right? Exactly. That's probably the best way to say it. Okay, cool. Um, but I yeah, so. Yeah, highly recommend if you have any of VR sets that. Um, but what are you even playing? Uh, just uh, it, it was a busy week. So we we got just a, a quick game for sale to the table. Um, this game was just a staple in my lunch gaming group. So uh, we played like a, I think it was like a six player game. So it's a it's a game where you are, I guess you're bidding uh, auction style over a set of properties that are up for grabs. Um, and you play over like five or six rounds or something. In each round, you each get a property. And you can, at any point, like it goes around and goes around, and you keep raising the bid, but then at any point you can pass. And when you pass, you take the lowest value property out there. So that property, that low value property is between a one and a 30. Might be a one. It might be like a mm-hmm. low value, like 13. So that kind of changes your perspective on the auction a little bit. And then when once somebody passes, um, it, it impacts the total cost uh of everyone else so if, if you've already bid like 10 coins or five coins or something um if you're passing you're actually only gonna have to pay half of what you initially bid uh so it, so it's it's a really clever mechanic once you have all those properties then you actually spend those uh properties or you sell them for dollars and it, it's exact same thing so you're actually now you're submitting properties like face down and you all flip them up at the same time and mm-hmm. the person with the highest value property takes the highest value note, uh, money note on the table. And the money ranges from zero or one to 15, I think. So, or actually it's zero to 15. So there's a lot of really good variability. Interesting. This game's freaking, I, I, I think it might be the best auction game on the market. Um, and it's a filler. It's it's just, it, it's, it's perfect. I was gonna say, it sounds like it would play pretty quick. Yeah, it plays quick. It's it's such a tight design. It's just, it's good so lunchtime. Satisfying. Game. And like, 
this game was cool because I, I was really, um, it, was, it was a lot of players, so we were only playing five rounds, I think, and I spent all my money in the first two rounds, so like it was so weird because I was like, <laughs> like, what like any good is auction you game? doing, you know? Did you do okay with I that? I did okay, or yeah. You... I actually misplayed okay. uh, at the end. I probably would have won, but I, I came maybe like middle middle of the path, but I definitely misplayed one at the end, and and I, I, I went away with like a seven instead of a 14. I just wasn't counting cards. Mm. I, was, I was doing something else. And then the other thing I've been playing is actually a prototype. Uh, so coming on from Gen Con, we had a cool idea in the car, uh, making a game about uh, bulldozers and like landfill. So the tentative title is either Bulldozer or Landfill Simulator. And we, we literally have a game board awesome. with some holes in it and some 3D printed bulldozers. And we dump a bunch of cubes on the board and and uh, pushing bulldozers around, trying to push cubes into, into the holes. So more to come. We don't have the mechanics super fleshed out, but we've played it, I think, now three times uh, over the past week. And um, really, that game, it, it, we, we found the fun right away. I think it, it's just it's straight up fun. Um, we just need to find the balance yep. and find the strategy now. So confident we can do that because finding the fun is the toughest part. I think um, everyone should um, follow Adam Zeffel Games on Instagram. You kind of see some pictures of that, and you'll kind of be able to follow the that game as it kind of gets built out so just a little plug yeah and i it, it's it's going to it's going to change a lot i mean we're, we're like mm-hmm. super initial concepts but i think i just kind of latched onto this idea because it's going to look great on the on, on the table and it's it's just one of those ideas that i think you're like uh let's see if let's see how it prototypes and then make a decision because i mean this is a, this is a such a different idea i mean there's like some kids mm-hmm. games on the market that do this and Can it's we like take that up to the gamery market can we bring yeah. that to the gaming market? And, 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 you know, it kind of fits with the Adam's Apple games, Americana, also table presence. So I, I, I think it is really bulldozing it, it Americana? resonates with me. <laughs> a little bit, right? Like trash is Americana. Unfortunately, it, oh, I, it's, man. I'm kind That's of sorry really to funny. say, but like we are the biggest exporter of trash in the it's world. It's true. So. We are. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right you're absolutely right but that's just the funny statement you know it is funny americana like garbage and bulldozing garbage <laughs> it's a cleanup okay. game though it's a cleanup so it's good it's good make so, the world a better place <laughs> more to come on that um and uh yeah i mean hit us up on the social medias too we love to interact there as well but we have a pitch uh so we threw up a, a yeah. another kind of post on reddit and uh just said what we were doing um some people were really excited about it so uh within a few days people had already sent in a few pitches so we already have i think now two weeks full for the next two podcasts awesome. and yeah, hopefully so more will roll in and so we have a pitch from chris uh baki uh he pitch is pitching a game called crypto millionaire yeah let's give that a, a listen right now that's right hey guys i'm chris baki the one-man show behind intro games and I'd like to tell you about Crypto Millionaire. This will be coming to Kickstarter soon, though I don't have an exact ETA right now. Crypto Millionaire is for 2-6 to six players, takes 20-30 to 30 minutes, and is for teens and up. Uh, the goal of the game is to have the most points at the end of the game. You are all cryptocurrency investors in this new gold rush of cryptocurrency. This is a press-your-luck strategy-filled card game, and you can become incredibly rich or lose it all with the flip of a card and then start to get it all back on the next turn. Each turn you'll play one card from your hand, then do its action. An action might be something like make other players give you a coin of their choice, exchange cards with the discard pile, or prevent others from selling Bitcoin until your next turn. 
Next, you'll move the market, or in other words, change the values of the coins in the game. The card might say, move Monero up two ticks, then move Litecoin down one tick. Whatever it is, you're directly changing the value each coin is worth. Next, add the coin to your portfolio. You'll turn the card 90 degrees so that the coin is showing face up. You may then sell as many coins as indicated on the card you just played. Usually this is one or two, but sometimes it'll be three. Uh, so you may sell up to that many coins. You'll score the value of the coin multiplied by the number of that coin owned by all players. So if the value says 5 and there are 4 coins of that type in the game, you score 20 points. You never have to scale coins, and this is part of the press your luck side of the game. Do you cash out now while the price is good, or do you hold out and wait until more players own that coin? Sell a coin for points, which can never be taken away from you. Wait too long, however, and a crash card might come out. The crash cards force everyone to discard that coin that crashed and resets the coin's value to its lowest number. There are four crash cards in the game, one for each coin, and the game ends immediately when the fourth one is revealed. There are also gold superpower cards that let you move the market even more or stop a crash from happening or some other really awesome stuff. They're worth 10 points apiece if you still have them at the end of the game, so you have to choose whether using it now or holding onto it at the end is more powerful. When the game ends, any coins in your portfolio score some points, along with any gold cards you have left. Most points wins. Thanks for listening, guys. Awesome. So that was Chris with uh, Crypto Millionaire. Adam, um, what are your first impressions? Um, you know, first impressions were positive. I mean, the, the pitch was clear. Um, I think, yep, I think uh, you know, it felt very simple to understand what I was going to do. I think cryptocurrency in general is a is a, is a theme that is pretty new recently, but I think has already breached mass market. So a lot of people know about this. That being said, I my mm-hmm. first impression is also that there are some other fish in the water, right? So this this is not the first yep. cryptocurrency game that that will hit uh, the market. Will hit Kickstarter. Will hit you know people's eyes from from a gaming standpoint and i think the the watch out initial watch out is like people see this theme and, and they they see somebody trying to take a stab at a money draw and, and we've seen this on kickstarter a few times where like mm-hmm. the projects will fail because the, the, there's just no robust or, or no um information on the gameplay people were just trying to throw a project out there to try to grab some money so the good news here is that chris was definitely not trying to do that he has a cool game fleshed out there's definitely yeah, there's a, game. a game here. Like it's an interesting. Yeah, so that's my first impression. I would say that um, a lot of a lot of good things going, but also a good caution of you know just make sure that you know how the theme is going to intersect with the audience in the market. Yeah, um, I just kind of yeah I I would second a lot of that. Um, when I hear crypto, um, my first thought was looking at all the games that just rushed to Kickstarter and didn't succeed. Um, but when I'm actually looking at this game, I think. Um, Chris did a great job of bringing in mechanics that make sense to the theme that are like outside of the crypto. It's like the currencies themselves. Like um, one of the interesting ones that I saw um, on his website, he has oh, cool. some screenshots of it, but there are a, totally. um, like a headlines mechanic, like news headlines. And if, if you look at um, cryptocurrency, that's pretty much how it seems to function. Like there, there'll be an article like, comes out and says bitcoin will be a billion dollars by 2020 and then another one that says bitcoin will crash by 2019 
and that's just like all these random headlines. I thought that was oh, sure. really yeah. interesting. Um, the one criticism that I had um, in listening to it, I had to listen to it a couple times to understand how many different things were on that action card. So you pl- you play a card, you move the market, you gain coin, and you can sell coin all, and then you turn the card. Um, like there's a lot of things that happen with that card, and I had to see the card to kind of understand what was going on. But um, I, I understood. I think I understand like why that's the case, like why there's so much on it, because it is a very low component um, game. Like there's, I think there's what is it, twenty ish cards, according to the website. So I get the idea of trying to put it all in there, but at the same time, I could see that being. I mean, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what market you're going after. That could be a little um, a lot to take in or a lot to teach right it- away. I mean, it, it sounds like when you read it like that, it sounds like phases. But when I think when Chris was explaining it, what I was going through in my mind was, is this just an order of operations that you do when you flip a card? Yeah. And so. Yeah. And maybe it is as simple as having a card that says, hey, this is the act, yep, like, you know, order potentially, of operations. Potentially, yeah. Right. I, I think I think another thing uh, to bring up guy. too is, is just the hook here. I think there's definitely a hook. Is it unique? Um, it's. It, the theme is not going to be unique, but I think the hook and, and the push, the press your luck thing is 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 tied in well with the theme. Yeah. So, I think you're gonna you're going to find people yeah, that. Agreed. I mean, this game sounds fun to me. Like, I, I anytime you you talk about markets and manipulating markets and how long should I hold something before selling, like now you're now you're checking the boxes that are getting me excited about this game. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, and it looks like it would play pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was a little confused on was I could tell that with the components that you are trying to go for like low componentry and um a minimal amount yeah, of cards the components. but then look yeah yeah so i think there's just one i mean like i'm trying to go to the website here really quick um oh i'm sorry 86 cards so there's a decent amount of cards um there's cards um dice and counting dials and a couple tokens so um i thought it was interesting that like there are tokens but then for tracking how much money you have you have this like spinner yeah, like a dial like with numbers yeah. on two sides three sides yeah dial to give you oh yeah sorry you don't see i'm moving my thumbs <laughs> in real life but that doesn't help audio podcast um the spinner that um helps you track your number and i think that's probably an easy way to make thing like to go up and to count very high numbers very easily because there's a left number and a right number so you can do 20 30 um but at the same time like if it's a lighter game and like that's a like an interesting component because i mean that's not as cheap as chits like just a bunch of punch outs and if there's already punch outs and then there's also dice and i'm not sure what those dice are for but i'm assuming something in the action card so i feel like there's a lot going on in well i I think it's it's fair to mention that from a component standpoint like well from, from a table um you know from a table size standpoint like it's pretty compact uh based mm-hmm. on what i can see Yes, I, I would sure. actually suggest that, I mean, if, if I were going to publish this game, if we were going to publish this game, I think we would really lean into that component. And this this is a component that can help you make the game a little more differentiated, feel different than your average card game. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it would bump up the purchase price a little bit, but you could make that that dial that and it's actually a double dial so that you can count, mm-hmm. you know, like one. Yeah, kind of make it the flashy thing of the game. Yeah, make it the make it the bling of the game, and uh, I I think um, I think it's got potential. Yeah, so for sure. I, I kind of really like what he did from a minimalist component standpoint. Uh, I think they're really effective in functional components. Yeah, I think you could also like do some really interesting themed dice, 
like i mean even if they're just six-sided die and then there's like the icons on each like each die had like the icon and obviously that is custom die but um yeah i think there's a lot that you could do to make this game stand out and yeah i'd, I'd be interested to know like what the like the idea of the price point for this game would be because i think it could it, it could be compacted down to a smaller game but at the same time you could probably scale it up and make it a little um a little bit more of a pricey game as well. I well, I just gut feeling like I would I would try to shoot for the twenty five dollar price point. Yeah, here. I was gonna say thirty thirty five, if you want to yeah. like a little more premium on things. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Well, well yeah, I, um, but yeah, once again, that was Crypto Millionaire from thank Chris. You, Chris. I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce your, your last That's name, right. Baki. So, Chris Baki, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for some. some and again, we'll have a we'll have a pitch next uh, week as well. So. If you want to pitch a game and get some uh, real-life feedback on it, um, please uh, send it our way. And I would say, Chris, on this one, uh, feel free to send a rulebook our way. And I'd love to give you feedback on the rulebook. Yes, I know please. you mentioned you were uh, thinking about kickstarting this in the future. And so best of luck on that. I think that's a, a valiant effort to yeah. go and, and self-publish a game. And we, we did it. And so um, if you have any questions along the way, feel free to, to reach out and ask questions. And you, you look like you're pretty active on some of the Facebook groups. So... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I mean, I guess it's important to note that, like, my, I mean, mine and our criticisms are based off of that pitch. Like, we haven't seen a rule book. So, um, I mean, any criticisms that we have may just be instantly cleared totally. up by that. So, um, yeah, really excited to hopefully give um, give that. But, yeah, like, um, once again, yeah, great pitch. that's awesome. Good luck. And uh, so we're going to shift gears and we're going to go to our topic of the week. So, for for this week, so we're, we're going to talk about a, kind of a meaty topic. Um it is it's about marketing a game after it is released so the the context here is that yep. we have uh we have a few games in our portfolio now and in the in, in the grand scheme of things for, for getting a game published getting a game produced and and you know sending it out and shipping it out like like there's a ton of content and information about how to do that really well well we're at we're at the stage now and we're, we're at the stage with a few of our products um, and one in particular that we're going to focus on today where they're in the market, right? And so how do we market it after it has been released? So the the relevant information here is uh, Truck Off, super exciting actually. And and I, we, we haven't been super public about this, but Truck Off is, was our second board game, two to six players, 30 minutes, um, food truck game, uh, a bunch of different uh, sided dice. You're sending your, your food trucks out to, to different um, locations in town rolling dice to see how many customers showed up, and then you're splitting the profits between different players. The truck off is uh, placed in a test program in yep. both Target and Barnes and Noble. So we have now jumped into different channels of the marketplace. We we put that one through Kickstarter, we took it to Gen Con, we fulfilled the Kickstarter, we sold out of our, um, we sold out of our first print run. And now we are on print run number two, and all of a sudden, boom, we are in another channel. So. Big challenge in front of us. We don't have a script, and we're just going to be talking through like kind of do's and don'ts. Like, where do we see this potentially going? And uh, yeah, potential opportunities that we think could exist. Because this is really interesting. Because um, this is, I mean, obviously, people there are people who are really into designing games, and um, as a company, it's important to do beyond the game, right? So we we have a lot of conversations about like, oh, if we like this mechanic this or change this to make this game more fun but once a game is out there's an amazing amount of um, things that could happen that could help you make help that game succeed 
Um, so the marketing side is a topic that if, I mean, for some people, maybe um, getting ahead of yourself um, because you obviously you need to get a game out there. But I think these are things to be considering when um, you are making a game because there are a couple things in here that could help with that. Hey, if you self if you self publish, you are going to um, you're going to be on Cloud Nine. You know, getting yeah, exactly. getting that game made. Like what is most likely what is going to happen and what it would happen to us is that. Um, once the initial bulk of it has sold, there will you know, there will get some you know sales um, continuing to roll in as people start to hear about it and as people see it. If it does really well, maybe it ramps up. If it does not very well, maybe it slows down. But there will still be a challenge, and you will have inventory left over, and you will need to find a way to sell it. Otherwise, it just sits yep. in your basement or it sits in some warehouse, right? So, I think even like something that is you know just kind of. Uh, it's dawned on you, right? You, you, you have now entered into a new sales channel and you're like, okay, well, that's great, but what if it doesn't sell in the sales channel, right? Yeah, it's really funny because like we were so excited about getting this into these big box stores. We're like, wow, we did it. Like we right. were in these stores. This is amazing. And then we had this moment of like, oh my God, what can we do to make this more successful in these stores? And we were just so focused on getting there. And now we're like, okay, now we're there. We got to just kind of start focusing on uh, yep. new channels to make this happen. And so, I mean, this is not like Barnes and Noble, I mean, still kind of resonates with hobby, you know, local game stores and, 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 and a lot of you know, board game geek and all that. I'd say target is one, one step removed. Even um, target has a great rope uh, and, and a growing and robust board game section. And so it's it, like the game is placed among a lot of other really competitive and awesome games. So um I just kind of started going through the list of like, what did I do for what? What did we do for the truck off Kickstarter, and what can we like redo or do better or expand on now that we're in a different market? And so, first thing that came sure. to mind, right? Bloggers and reviewers, right? Let's reach out to some people. Um, this is kind of a no-brainer. Let's reach out to yep. some people that are a little more affiliated with like mass market when it comes to blogs or reviewers. So maybe not just even board game reviewers, but just mm-hmm. straight up product reviewers. I think something that's huge that we've been pretty successful on in yep. the past has been getting on like the must have Christmas list. Uh, and even if it's like a small outlet, you know, of a few yep. hundred or a few thousand readers like that, that can go a long way. Right. Yeah. Um, this is people. all about finding people who speak to your market, right? Beyond yes, totally. like people who are, I don't want to say champions of your market, but people who are, um, you know, people who do reviews for your type of, like the people who would be interested in your game. So if a game like truck off, I mean, obviously when you're going to Kickstarter, you're looking at getting game reviewers and all these different things to kind of go over it. But once you're in a target, like a person at target, isn't going to say, Oh, well I'm going to read the, well, they may read the dice tower review, but um, you know, like if they can see it in other channels that may not be gamery, you're going to reach out to those people. Yeah, a totally. further. So the next one, next category I, I took a note on is mass media. <laughs> Believe it or not, um, I've had a few companies reach out uh, pre pre this announcement or pre this you know truck off being in, in big box, um, asking mm-hmm. if like we wanted to have uh, a television uh, commercial um, or if we wanted to mm-hmm. be included on some Gen Con re- recap on AMC, and, and they're asking like. God, could you imagine making I, I know, a right? It's just it seems kind of absurd. Oh my god, it's yeah. like truck off. I, I think it would actually <laughs> like I just imagine like a monster truck voice. Really like, well, uh, <laughs> no, I think it could. Uh, but anyway, so awesome. I mean, th- this type of a setting was more of like a home shopping network setting, I think, where 
they they would mm-hmm. kind of look at the product for a minute, and I kind of I watched some of the yeah. other products that they had gone through, and I'm just like, oof, there's no way that that would could be any good, you know, any kind of return on investment. Because mm-hmm. um, it was, it was relatively expensive, right? So like it was that expensive. was it was like three thousand bucks for a minute um, or more, maybe. Yeah. And I, that's I yeah. Think I mean, there's just more bang for your buck i think in other scenarios maybe i'm discounting it but i and maybe it's just the the potential um you know risk of spending that much money in terms Mm -hmm. of advertising on something that you have really no roi on you can't measure the uh the return on the investment that that, that's really scary but um so so i kind of like discounted this one anyway so the next oh i I think sorry that's before you jump into i think that's a really good point is um, trying to build or identify ways to get metrics off of these things, right? So if you can be looking at review, or like in the previous one, we're talking about reviewers and bloggers, like saying, hey, how many page views did this get or how many views did this YouTube yeah. video get? So I think that's a really good thing to be focusing on um, is trying to quantify how well yeah. something does. So so the next bucket is, and you'll find this if you, if you Google search like mass marketing type stuff, but... Um, guerrilla marketing. So this is a little bit, uh, you know, adjacent to um, some some sort of a mass media, but we're we're essentially trying to reach a lot of people with some sort of a crazy idea or something that goes viral. Um, so it just, I mean, sh- sh- you know, spitballing here, like any any good guerrilla marketing ideas uh, in your brain. I mean, one thing that I've kind of been toying with is um, as as a game creator, as a publisher. Like I think it'd be actually pretty cool to get tattoos of all the games we make, <laughs> and, and like it's pretty hardcore, right? But I mean, it wouldn't have to be huge tattoos. So I I do think though, you, you put these ta- you I, have a tattoo. I don't, I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, like, but I think that's a pretty meaningful tattoos like, either. If I'm gonna get a tattoo, I want it to be meaningful, right? So. Was like, um, what's it called? Um, Major Nelson of Microsoft like came out yeah. and like had that what? Halo tattoo. But it was—I don't think it was real. But like, it was, it was like a huge deal. Viral, right? You know, you, like you share that a few uh, on a few board game groups on Facebook, and and I, I really think in board game geek, like I think people would resonate with that. They'd be like, "Oh, this dude loves his game so much that oh he got a tattoo yeah. of it." <laughs> got that truck off, Travis. Hey, good. I mean, I'm proud. <laughs> you know, it, you know what? You know what? Hey. It might work. It might work. So that's one crazy idea. It might work. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to shoot it down. I actually think it's probably a really good, really good I idea. I think, uh, I mean, sometimes the stupid ideas are the good ones when it comes to grill marketing. Exactly. I mean, like, obviously the things that go, like, if there was a formula to make something go viral, like, it would be a lot easier, yep. right? Like, so, who would thought Charlie Bing So another one that I had was, um, I, I'm, I'm contemplating, like, reaching out to a few food trucks in town and seeing if someone would allow <laughs> us to just take over their food truck. <laughs> and when they order something oh, like, sure. like they're totally operating as as is and like they're preparing the food but instead of um just handing them food yeah. we're just gonna hand them like a basket or a bag or something with a game of truck off in it for free or you could just <laughs> um like it'd be awesome to just like go get a bunch of food trucks like rename all their stuff the things in the game oh that'd be so good like um uh, brisket to ride like i think that would do well yeah yeah that's a really good idea there so go. i'm not sure what that is i mean like 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 donations and free giveaways i think are part of marketing but um and, and again like that's a fair bit of risk and inventory risk and stuff like that but um yeah i i do think that like now that i kind of think about it you think back about like what is going to resonate well with guerrilla marketing like do what cards against humanity would do and that's something that they i could see them doing right yeah 
I mean, yeah, I guess if you're looking for like a case study of like amazing marketing, they're, it's, they're, it's them, right? Like every year they the business, have their yeah. whatever random stunt. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was bucket guerrilla marketing. Uh, next bucket is, uh, yep. well, this one's not fleshed out at all, but I think what I was trying to say on this one is like tap into our existing uh, channels and contacts. So I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, we, we have a Kickstarter audience yep. that is engaged on Truck Off, and, and I think they're going to be super stoked to see that this game has more legs on it, right? It has a second print run, and it has, um, it's going to get into different channels. Yep. So, hey, um, go play it. Go play it at some meetups and tell your friends that you can, they can buy it at Yeah, I think that's a really it. big one because if you think about um, just letting these people know, like, you know, people who back a project, like, are there because they want, like, one, because they want it, but two, because they want it to succeed, right? Right, So right. if you can, like, um, let you know, like letting these people know, like, hey, the thing that you helped fund made it, and like this is how it's making it, and and in a lot of cases, those people like probably want to even help it grow more by just saying, hey, oh my gosh, this thing's this awesome games at Target now, or um, even like in those scenarios, getting those people to get people to review it in different places, even oh, if they sure. don't buy it or if they played it, just like put up a review somewhere goes a long way. Yep. I mean, those personal introductions or connections uh, have been invaluable in the market. And, and even just like, you know, my small game groups and coworkers, whatever, that are gamers have, have I've been so surprised. I've been like, oh, this person I know does these things. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's insane. Um, yeah. Can you introduce me? You know, so um, it, sometimes it's just asking for a little bit of help. And, and, and man, we got a lot of people that potentially could help, you know, retweet or whatever it is. So, um, yep. Uh, the, the next bucket is paid advertisements. So I'm kind of talking a little more of the social media type of thing um, or, or digital type of thing. So like Instagrams, face, Facebooks, I think those two could resonate really well with uh, Truck Off, the Food Truck Frenzy, because uh, just the, how the game looks and, and then the, the title of the game, right? It's kind of an edgy, catchy title. Yeah, and I think it's also um, Facebook's really nice because you can target towards different markets. So like we were saying, um, when we were launching the project or like with Swordcrafters, we targeted things that were very... Um, board game focused or even in that scenario like toy minecraft lego-esque focus but in this scenario you can say okay i want to be hitting people who are shopping for gifts or people like like a larger mass market versus the board game group so you can target that a little more and and digital is a little tough because i think you're just trying to get someone to remember or i mean not necessarily making the sale at that point because like the game yeah is, especially in this scenario right yeah like, I mean, we're not going to be necessarily linking someone to like a target page i mean that, it just is a little bit weird it, you lose the the person personable um potential when you you know when you're starting to it's just one more step away so it's just something to keep in mind when you're going to be uh, throwing money down that down that hole and again there's a little bit more roi that you can uh, look for which is great um uh so we're running short on time but i'm going to breeze through a few of these pretty quick so you say there were a couple of big ones that we just want to knock out. Yeah, uh, what would be a big one? So uh, competition, I think, is always a big one. So let's 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 take a peek at other games that are in these channels and see what they're doing in terms mm-hmm. of marketing. So let's hit, the, hit up the Facebook page. Let's do some Google searches, see if they're showing up on any places that we think we should, probably could show up to. Yep, and also I think um, competition may be um, a word that like kind of like I think it's like learn from your peers, right? Because totally, when, especially like when we're looking at. Um, target we're looking at all the new like they put out a ton of new games now it's like oh what's megaland doing what's um villainous look like and obviously those are pretty big companies um but it's you know it's it's an important thing to kind of see what everyone's yeah, doing competition just means um games that are placed yeah. next to ours right um exactly. at, at this point so uh 
Indie Game Alliance and Envoy are two other programs I just want to mention. I just recently joined the Indie Game Alliance, um, and we're going to be tapping into their minions program, so they're able to yep. demo um, and then also earn credits to like buy the demo copies or buy new games. Um, and then we also have yeah, we should uh, do an episode about yeah, that in and the future, I, I think. So. We got a lot of things totally. to do. Uh, and then there's a program called Envoy, which I'm still digging into as well, but this is kind of the same thing where they, they just kind of send game from place to place to place to place and just gets more people playing the game. So, um, the sure. And then the last one, sorry, I had one more. Um, this is a great one. Can we get a celebrity on Truck <laughs> Off? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I mean, this sounds stupid, well, but it's like, funny. Like, it, it's not hard to reach it's out. It's kind of funny because like, I'd like to think that I don't fall into like celebrity type stuff, but like honestly i see brett Favre. i'm like man i could get some wranglers like well, you know it, it, it's i think it's geek celebrity is what i'm looking for right it's not necessarily like a, an aaron Rodgers to go promote your product, wouldn't be the but, worst though I mean, hey. <laughs> hey i'm aaron Rodgers. i like ford trucks and truck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah you're right like you know like well i mean it's kind of funny because i feel like um board game reviews have some sort of like level of celebrity to it as well in the board game world so like i think that's really interesting but it's just like a different thing than like a a person like that you're paying to say yes i love this thing but right right um, and i think we can work we can tap back into kind of our dice tower review on truck off and you know i think there's some of that we can leverage but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm really kind of thinking like someone that that who, who has potentially maybe a b-list celebrity that would be interested and people would still remember i'm thinking someone like you know like netflix has up-and-coming actors mm-hmm. and so yeah. it sounds weird but like the the netflix show that is just getting popular or whatever you know take take an actor on there like stranger things for instance right reach out to one of the characters like, on there that might be too oh big but <laughs> i feel like we're in like g to f list <laughs> yeah, so let's not get ourselves. But yeah, well, it's actually actually this is a really interesting one. Um, and because I'm just realizing this now, um, at Gen Con, um, one of the events that I did was actually going to Travis oh, McElroy's yeah. um, signing. So the Adventure Zone and um, my brother, my brother, me, and a, and a bunch of Maximum Fun podcasts. But um, actually, one of my things but i mean obviously i wanted to get us like get my book signed but i i brought a copy of truck off and i'm like hey That's man great. can i give this to you like and he's like yeah sure like i mean for us like i there was no yeah. like expectation of anything i mean i'm just happy that he took it and honestly i hope sure. he just like plays it and enjoys it and um if he ends up posting a picture of it or something like that even cooler but like you know like just kind of like i mean marketing is all about getting the product into people's hands right so yep. if you can get into people's hands who have a voice like why not give it a shot and you don't know which voice is going to resonate which which one's going to come through big and, and i exactly. think that's something that i've i've seen in the past like i have i've lined up you know marketing efforts and you just you don't know which one is going to resonate really well i mean i kind of go went back to actually the, to the brewing usa campaign was looking through some of the tweets and there was like out of nowhere one tweet that these this brewery in the uk called brew dogs did that Mm-hmm. they got like a hundred thousand views and i was like what they, they focus on our project and i was like holy crap that was insane so yeah so really i mean i think the moral of the story here is just kind of grind it right like keep, i think so um, yeah figuring out what works and just keep trying new and different things and um obviously lean into the things that work but don't be afraid to try new new ways to get that's, get your game out there that's right and, and marketing is a volume play you're going to ask a lot of people for help and 
and you're going to get responses from 10 to 20% maybe if you're lucky. So just, yeah. you know, keep, keep working it and make sure that you reach out to 10 if you want to get one back that says yes. So, yeah. And I think a lot of these, um, marketing ideas apply to people who are about to run their Kickstarter as well. So very similar things because I mean, it's the same idea. The more eyes that get on it, the better, but yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, sorry, we went a little, a little bit too long today, but I think it's a good time to wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, please, um, check us out. Um, feel free to send in, um, pitches to Adam at Adam. Subway games, check us on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. So you got it. it. Thanks everyone. All right. Check Thanks em. so much. Check them.